The Atlanta Braves offense wasn't able to get it done on Wednesday to complete the sweep over the Nationals. And with that and a Mets comeback win over the Marlins, the Braves now find themselves one game back in the NL East as we go into a big weekend series against the Mets, which weather's looking much better for. We'll talk about Wednesday night's performance and obviously set you up for the weekend. And we're going to take a look at the postseason picture. What happens if the Braves win the division? What happens if they don't? Who would their potential matchups be? We'll cover all of that on a Thursday episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can cover, you can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I'm the co-editor. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Please send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Going to be doing a mailbag episode on Friday, setting you up for the big weekend series. So send in any questions you have about that. And also make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell if you would. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Tuesday's game, disappointing game that it was, but then I want to jump into the postseason picture with just six games left to play. I want to talk about the potential outcomes, what the Braves need to do the rest of the way in order to win the NL East, what happens if they don't win the, win the NL East, what happens if they do. So we're going to talk about all the play postseason scenarios, again, with just six games left, uh, and then we'll talk about briefly the weekend series. We'll dive deeper into that on Friday's episode. Well, let's start looking at two or thir- Wednesday's recap as the Braves lose an extra innings three to two to the Washington Nationals, not able to pull off the sweep. And again, as we've been talking about, if this is a, a series in the middle of the season, you'll take a series win each and every time, especially on the road. But as I said, coming into this week, it's pretty much must win every game for the Braves the rest of the way if they're going to win the NL East, and you can't give up games like this to the Nationals. But unfortunately, they did, weren't able to get enough offense. And with that, the Mets come back and win after trailing 4 to nothing going into the bottom of the seventh to the Marlins. They get a comeback win in extra innings. So they pull back in with over a game against the Braves in the NL East. The offense, as I mentioned, just could not get it going on Wednesday after being great for the past four games. Just two runs on six hits, three walks, only six strikeouts. They did put the ball in play, and they hit the ball hard. Had 10 hard-hit balls, just three of them going for hits. So a a little bit unlucky there with some of the balls they put in play. But just one for seven with runners in scoring position, left eight on base. That really was the case for the Braves. They didn't necessarily have a ton of opportunities in in this game, but seven at-bats with runners in scoring position, you only get one hit. 
you know, that right there pretty much, you know, sums up the lack of offense for the Braves. And I'd mentioned they only had six strikeouts, but a lot of them came in really big spots. You had a leadoff single from Matt Olson in the seventh inning and then back-to-back strikeouts. So no advance of the runner, nothing done there. And I get in those situations, could have put the ball in play, I'm going to double play him in just as bad, but still you would have loved to seen some more action there. They were gifted a run on an error in the eighth inning as Michael Harris put the ball in play and good things did happen as the Braves were able to tie the game up late. Had a one-out single in the ninth inning and then nothing after that. And going back to that eighth inning, even after the Michael Harris hit, you had Riley walk and then Olsen comes up and strikes out. And Olsen had a good game, which we'll talk about in a second. But still, that was a big spot there in the game. You kind of had the momentum. You had two on, two outs. Matt Olsen up, who, had again, to that point, had had a good game. But then he strikes out to end the inning. And that just really, all the momentum that it looked like the Braves had kind of went away right there. Um, And then can't score in extra innings. You had, you know, a ghost runner at second base for the one, two, three in your order. And you can't score that run. And Acuna, you know, even moved him over. You know, the runner tagged up and went to third with one out. And then Dansby Swanson swings at the first pitch and hits a weak ground ball to third base that doesn't get the runner in. So just a bad job of executing when they did have chances in this game, not able to come up the big hit. Again, you're going to have nights like that over 162, but when you got to win every game, especially against teams like the Nationals and the Marlins at the end of the year, those little things matter. And we've been talking about the little things throughout the week and how the Braves have been executing those little things and doing them well weren't able to do that in this game and it showed on the scoreboard I mentioned Dansby you know not being able to come through with a runner at third and one out you know Acuna and Dansby go 0 for 10 in this game it's a particularly bad game for Dansby overall at least for Acuna he had the two hardest hit balls of the night unfortunately both of them go for outs he had four hard hit balls overall in the game so Good to see him continuing to hit the ball hit the ball hard. Unfortunately, just couldn't get that launch angle right and couldn't get some of those hard hits through for four hits. Um, so a bit of an unfortunate night for Acuna, but really tough to score runs when the first two hitters in your lineup go over 10. I mentioned Matt Olson, who was batting fifth in the order because Michael Harris was batting third for the first time this year. He's now hit in every spot in the batting order this year. But that moved Matt Olson down to fifth, and he had another good game. He had two hits. He had a home run that put the Braves on the board early, an opposite field shot just over the left field fence. Uh, they again gave the Braves their first run of the game. He had that lead leadoff single in the seventh inning that you thought maybe was going to spark a rally, but nothing happened. And then he also had a walk in this game. So we've seen now you know, three games of Matt Olson kind of giving you a little bit of everything, showing you the power, showing you the, the discipline. So certainly – some good things there for Matt Olson on what was a bad night overall for the offense and good signs for Eddie Rosario as well, who seems to be heating back up at the right time, which the Braves can get super Rosario again in the playoffs. You know, that would obviously be tremendous, but he had two hits on the night. Good seeing again, him staying hot, you know, shooting a ball the other way, all good things for Eddie Rosario, not good things for Jake Odorizzi and look, had a misplay by Rosario and left field that that led to one of the runs he gave up but 
only able to go three and two thirds innings, four hits, three walks, two runs, one earned, no strikeouts. He only had one swing and miss on 27 swings. So again, unfortunately, this trade just has not worked out. I mean, I don't know where Will Smith would be in this bullpen either way, but Jake Rizzi just has not worked out in Atlanta. I don't know that don't think we see him pitch again this year unless, you know, something bad happens this weekend and the Mets, you know, clinch the division. Then you get Odorizzi a start and rest your other guys. But he has, you know, obviously no place on the postseason roster. Not a lot of hard contact. I'll give him that. Only two hard hit balls on 15 balls in play. But you can't – you got a guy who can't go through a lineup, you know, three times. A guy who can't get through a Nationals lineup three times, who walks three batters – and force Snicker to go to the bullpen early once again. Um, I do love that Snicker is managing these last two games as if they are postseason games, you know, not sitting around and with the starter who could be in trouble in those middle innings, but going to his bullpen, and his bullpen was excellent once again. Five and a third perfect innings after four and a third perfect innings on Tuesday night until Steven Jackson – allowed that walk in the 10th inning didn't necessarily you know hate the walk there we had a runner on third um with just one out um so i didn't mind that and then he gave up the the game winning hit to cj abrams and i thought he was going to get out of it you know he got the uh he got the second out and then you had cj abrams down one two and i loved the pitch selection i love the call for the change up there but it needed to be down and away. He left it down and in, which gave Abrams a chance to get the bat to the ball and pull it to the right side through the hole. If that's down and away, you likely get a swing and miss or a weak ground ball to second base. So loved the pitch selection. Unfortunately, just didn't execute it. And, you know, when you get that free ghost runner, you know, obviously you're very, your margin for error again is very slim. So a bit unfortunate for Jackson Stevens, who did such a great job on Sunday and almost escaped it again on the 10th after the Braves were unable to score in the top half. So certainly not blaming Jackson Stevens uh, with that ghost runner. Again, you, your, your margin for error very thin. And again, just did not execute that pitch to CJ Abrams. And unfortunately he was able to sneak it through a hole on the right side and the nationals were able to walk it off. With that, I'm going to turn our attention to the weekend and the postseason. I want to talk about the playoff scenarios for the Braves, what they have to do over these last, last six games to win the division, what happens if they don't. We'll talk about that next. It's winding down. The nights are getting longer. But the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life, and it's especially true in the bedroom when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique service online that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready when the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. With BlueChew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package arrives, you're 
package arrives. Go to bluechew.com and use the promo code locked on to get a free month's supply and just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on for your first month for free. So I wanted to talk playoff scenarios as we enter the weekend. There's obviously a couple of scenarios for the Atlanta Braves. They still have a chance to win the division or they will be the top wild card seed in the first round of the playoffs. And I've been mentioning the fact that you needed to go into this Met series either tied or up in the division because now in order for the Braves to control their own destiny, which technically they do right now, but in order for that to continue after this Mets series, they have to sweep. Uh, with the Mets up one game going into this series, all they need is one win against the Braves this weekend to clinch the tiebreaker, which means that even if the Braves win the series this weekend against the Mets and then everything stands pat over the final three games, the Mets would still win the division. So, again, I want to repeat that. Even if the Braves win the division or win the series over the Mets this weekend, they do not control their own destiny the rest of the way. If the Braves win the series this weekend and then sweep Miami and then the Mets go and sweep the Nats, the Mets are your NL East division champions. So that's why Wednesday was so important because you needed to go into the series against the Mets at least tied with them. That way, if you win the series, you control your destiny in those last three games. They don't have that privilege now unless they sweep the Mets. So that's why I tweeted out after last night's games, you know, they're pretty much back in a situation where they have to sweep the Mets. It's not necessary. I mean, the Mets could go play the Nationals and lose a couple of games and the Braves could get, you know, win the division that way, but that takes it out of your hands. So if you want to, put the control back in, in your own hands and your own fate, your own destiny, you pretty much have to sweep the Mets this weekend. And that's just, that's a tall task when you're going up against, you know, Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett. Um, that's just a, a lot to ask for a team. So that's why Wednesday was so big and, and blowing that game, you know, so, so bad essentially for the Braves because now they're in a situation where they, they pretty much have to sweep the Mets this weekend either that or you win the series sweep the Marlins and hope that the Nats can get one over the Mets those are your paths to winning the NL Leafs at this point sweep or win the series sweep the Marlins and hope the Nats can win one game against the Mets because I don't see the Nats winning a series against the Mets things could happen um, but you would certainly be there'd be a lot of hope in that the asking the Nationals to do a lot there so if that happens, if the Braves sweep or they win the series and then sweep the Marlins and the Nats get a game over the Mets, if they win the division, the Braves will get a first round bye. So new playoff format this year. A lot of you probably already familiar this year. It will be a three-game wild card series for four teams. So the first top two seeds get a bye. So the Dodgers and then whoever wins the NL East gets a bye. So if the Braves win the division, they get a bye. They would start in the NLDS, they would play the winner of the Cardinals or the final wild card team, which is looking like it's going to be the Brewers or the Phillies. That's shaping up to be a, a pretty good race. The Phillies have just a half game lead on the Brewers for the final wild card spot. So if the Braves win the division, they'll face the winner of the Cardinals or Brewers, Phillies, whoever 
gets that last wild card spot. And they would have home field advantage in the NLDS. And they would have home field advantage in the NLCS as long as they don't play the Dodgers. So that's a scenario if the Braves win the division. If the Braves don't win the division, they would take the top wild card spot. That's already locked up. That means they would play at home that Friday after the season ends. So the season ends next Wednesday. There's an off day on Thursday. And then the wild card series begins right away that that uh, Friday. So the Braves would start the wild card series next Friday. They'd be at home for all three games if necessary. It's a three-game series. So that's huge, getting all three of those games at home. It's looking like the Braves would face the Padres or whoever's the top wild card seed would face the Padres. They've created some separation there between themselves and the Mets and Brewers up three games there. So pretty safe bet right now that the Padres are going to be that team. Padres are hot right now. That's why they've created that separation. They're eight and two in their last 10 games. They've lost two series in the month of September, both of those to the Dodgers who they're currently playing right now. Manny Machado, an MVP candidate, has seven home runs in September, but it's really been the pitching of Blake Snell and Hugh Darvish who have had a great September. So, I mean, the Padres have a good team. As you know, Snell and Darvish, you know, they can match up with Freed and Wright or whoever is going to be at the top of the Braves rotation. Hopefully Spencer Strider is back. The Braves lost a three-game series at home to the Padres in May. Obviously, the Braves have been playing much better baseball since then. They also split a four-game series in San Diego in April. Again, those are the worst two months of the Braves or for the Braves this season, so a much different team. But Padres have handled the Braves this year. They've won the season series. Um, I One thing that was mentioned by Brian Snooker before Wednesday's game, and I certainly agree with this, I love that the team is already in postseason mode. I mentioned the way that Snickers managed these last several games. You know, he's starting to manage them like a postseason game. You can't play around with your starter in those middle innings. You got to go to your bullpen guys and go to your big bullpen guys. You look at the game on Tuesday, you know, he went to McHugh in the fifth inning, got through the sixth, then goes to Mentor, and he was ready to go to Iglesias and Jansen if need be. You look at Wednesday. You know, he brings those guys back out to keep them in that game. So I love the fact that this team's already in postseason mode, whether they win the division or not. I love that they already have been playing in this mentality. I think that gives them a leg up when it comes to the postseason. Would love for them to obviously give Strider more time to get healthy if they were able to avoid that wild card round and go straight into the NLDS, then hopefully you get you know, Spencer Strider back and healthy for that series. Another thing that kind of crossed my mind when thinking about this is that say Strider isn't healthy enough for the wild card round, needs a couple of more days, and you can get through that wild card round with, you know, Freed, Wright, Morton, however you want to line it up, then perhaps you have Strider ready to pitch game one of the the NLDS. I mean, that could be one positive note to it if Strider's not ready in time for the wild card series, you sit them out of that and you can get through that series and then you can kick off the next series with Spencer Strider. And then uh, maybe it'll be enough time at that point for Max Freed to pitch game two, at the very least game three, then you're still in a pretty good spot because that's the big disadvantage of playing the wild card series. Is you don't get to set up your rotation for the division series, but 
If the Braves, you know, can get by that wild card series without Strider and then you're able to start him game one of the division series, I think you're pretty much right back on schedule. Obviously, you'd want Max Freed to start game one of any series, but if, it, if it's not going to be Max Freed, I feel very comfortable throwing Spencer Strider out there. But obviously, I want him out there whenever he's available, and hopefully he will be available and healthy to pitch. Otherwise, you may need to get a start from Bryce Elder because this postseason is so condensed because of the lockout and the new format. Um, Braves may need a start from Bryce Elder. Definitely not Jake Odorizzi at this point. So those are your playoff scenarios. That's what we're looking at. The Braves can win the division. They get that extra rest, and they would play either the Cardinals or the Phillies Brewers in the NLDS. They don't win the division. They go to the wildcard series. They're playing the Padres at home. So that's what we're looking at here as we come down the stretch with the final six games. The Braves are in the postseason, which is great, and we should celebrate that. Uh, but obviously still holding out hope to win that division, avoid that wild card series, and then play either the Cardinals or the Brewers or the Phillies in that NLDS. All right, next, want to turn our attention to the weekend. Just briefly talk about what's going on this weekend, what the weather situation looks like. We'll discuss that next. So the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets are set for a three-game series in Atlanta over the weekend. You may have heard. Uh, we've been looking at this series, honestly, for over a month. And here it all comes down to this. I, again, I don't want to belabor the point. I really wish the Braves could have won Wednesday and you go into this series even and then you just kind of decided on the field. But the Mets are up a game, so it does change the dynamic a little bit. Uh, as we talked about in the last segment, as the Mets only have to win one game to gain that tiebreaker. But Braves still have an opportunity to take care of their own business. I mean, they are they still at this point control their own destiny. Like I said, it pretty much will take a sweep to do that. But it is certainly possible. They are at home. And the good news is it's looking like the weather won't be as much of a factor at this point. It's starting to look more like they'll be able to get the games in as scheduled, which is great. But as Grant McCauley said on the postcast last night, and I want to echo his sentiments, obviously baseball becomes secondary when you're dealing with something as devastating as a hurricane. Our thoughts and prayers go all out to all of those who have been affected by this uh, and certainly hope everyone is okay there. But for the baseball purposes, for sports purposes, it's sounding like Georgia, the Atlanta area, will not be as affected as originally thought. So it's starting to sound like these games will be able to be played as scheduled. Certainly hope that's the case when you're talking about a big series like this that has a lot on the line in terms of baseball. You would love to see, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all three games get to be played as scheduled, not have to play any doubleheaders, not have to move any, you know, adjust any times for games. So it's starting to look more and more like that could happen, which I think will be great. Um, again, rotations are both lined up for both teams in this series. We'll discuss, we'll dive deeper into, you know, this series on Friday's episode. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more information on what the weekend plans are and what the weather looks like. But there is no doubt this is the biggest series of the year. We use this term throughout the season, but these are must-win games for the Atlanta Braves if they want to win the NL East. Look, they're in the postseason. They got that, but if you want to win the NL East, 
every game from here on out is must win. And again, they've really been in that situation for you know several weeks now. But now, now we're not playing around. These are must win. You have to win these games. At the very least, I want to see the Braves, you know, go out there, play a good brand of baseball, do the little things right, like we've seen for the most part over the last week or so, or at least the last four or five games. See them do the little things right, and hopefully they do that. They'll come out on top in this series. That will do it for this episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. And now go make Lockdown MLB your second listen, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 